It's time now for North Star Sports, your source for the hottest sports takes in the business. Here's your host, Owen Ely. Hello, everybody, and welcome to North Star Sports. I'm your host, Owen Ely. You can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN. You also can follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star MIN. Be sure to check out our website at NorthStarsports.media. And welcome to the show, everyone. We got a great one for you today here on this Saturday, October 10th, as we look to preview UFC Fight Night Marais versus Sandhagen, which will take place in just a matter of hours here uh, on Saturday, October 10th from UFC Fight Island in Abu Dhabi, Dubai, UAE. And um, yeah, good to be back with you guys here. A little bit of a shotgun start because I've been a little busy with uh, with work, but um, yeah, this should be a great one. I am excited. There's uh, not a lot of ranked fights on this fight card, but it is relatively stacked if you are a hardcore, not to be a snob, but um, you know, there there's, there's a lot of very good fighters on this card. A lot of a lot of guys who a couple of fights from now, you know, might be might be doing some pretty big things. Um, there's a lot of fighters with zeros uh, next to their name uh, on this one in, in the loss column. So, um, you know, th- this should be a great one. Um, obviously, some housekeeping to get to, um, like we did. I think I announced it on the show earlier this week. Um, but be sure to check out our rankings at NorthStarSports.media. We've uh, recently added the men's flyweight and women's featherweight. Um, so that's interesting. So now we have uh, the entire UFC ranked. There's, there's no division that we don't have ranked. Um, I guess reluctantly we do the fly, the, the flyweight, but yeah, you know what I mean. I, I, I figure we should. Uh, let's not be snobs and, and, and cut those guys out. Um, we got the main card showdown going on uh, as, as this fight card begins. Uh, well, as the main card begins. Um, but yeah, that's exciting. Uh, obviously, I'm the champ. I'm looking to defend, and you know, typically we don't have the the main card in or the main card showdown picks in. Uh, you know, when we do the preview show on Thursday, but since we're doing it in here, I can I can read off the predictions here. Oh nope, I, I guess I didn't post them. My my apologies. I guess I didn't post them, but I do have them uh, on my computer here. So um, I have Marlon Marais. By a round four TKO, Barbosa round three TKO, Rothwell by decision, Perez with a round one sub, Aspinall with a round one TKO, and Zalal by decision. We have uh, Mr. Peterson. He has Marais by round two TKO, so two rounds sooner than I have it. He has Barbosa by a round two TKO, a round sooner than I do. Uh, Tabura by decision. Obviously, I have Rothwell by decision. He has Perez with a round two sub, one round after I have it. Uh, we both have Aspinall by round one TKO, and then he has Zalal by decision, same as me. Um, so some some similarities, but, um, you know, it, it's going to come down to precision here because we have a lot of the same picks, but, uh, you know, the rounds are a little bit different. Um, obviously, it seems like the featured bout we always disagree on. The, the, the third to last bout on the main card we always disagree on, and it always, te- it always seems to be a 10-7. Because we always pick exactly the opposite, so you know the swing round here is really going to be that uh, featured bout between Rothwell and Chibora. Um, you know what I mean? A potential three-point swing um, because of how the scoring works there with the uh, decision. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much it for housekeeping. Um, so let's get right into this preview here. Thirteen fight uh, card. 
We'll start here with the prelim opener. It's a men's flyweight bout here between Tagir Ulanbekov versus Bruno Silva. Ulanbekov 12 and 1, Silva 10, 5 and 2. Uh, we consult the odds here. These coming from Bet DSI. Uh, Ulan Bekov is a minus 500 favorite, so uh, that's that's um, second biggest here on the card. Um, shout out to Best Fight Odds, the website we're getting this from. I tried to find the odds elsewhere. Uh, for some reason, Odds Shark, I, I couldn't find them. Um, and uh, also, fuck CBS's website. Their website's fucking ass. Uh, you know, again, this is why North Star Sports website is the best. Um, no hard feelings, CBS, if you want to employ me. I don't want this to bar me from getting employment. I'd love to get paid money uh, by you guys, but your website is buns. Um, I'm saying this right now. If I ever get hired by CBS and, and I say their website's good, it's a lie. It's a lie, but I'm going to say it because if I'm employed by them, I have to. Um, but just know right now, I don't feel that way. Unless they, unless they fix the auto media player. I mean, I don't really have a, a problem with their website outside of the auto media player. But fuck, that's annoying. I don't want to watch your stupid fucking videos on, on I don't know, but horse racing. Just If I wanted to watch it, I'll click on it. Okay? So, yeah, that's the number one pet peeve I have with some of these websites. ESPN does it as well, but at least, I don't know, at least they're the worldwide leader. I mean, I don't know. Neither here nor there. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about this because I, I don't really um, pay pay too much attention to men's flyweight, but I'm obviously picking uh, Ulan Bekov here, probably by decision just because the punching power is uh, minimal at 125. Um, Silva, he's been, in, he's been in the UFC, I think, for a couple of fights. I do remember um, his fight with uh, Dvorak. I mean... He's he's a he's a scrappy fighter from the little bit I've seen of him, but uh, yeah, I just I don't have uh, the confidence that he'll win this. Um, so I, I don't think it should be particularly close here. Uh, moving on here on the prelims, a women's bantamweight bout here between Tracy Cortez and Stephanie Egger. Cortez seven and one, Egger five and one. Uh, we look at the odds for this one. Uh, Bet DSI has this as a minus one fifty four favorite for Tracy Cortez. Um, Edgar's making her UFC debut, although, you know, Tracy Cortez, it's not like she has a, you know, a, a wealth of, of UFC experience, but, you know, she's going into her second uh, fight, so, you know, the UFC jitters, um, uh, debut jitters likely out of the way. Um, I mean, that win over Maria Agapova on the Contender Series looks more and more interesting as time goes on. Obviously had the tremendous debut and then, you know, a terrible performance versus uh, Shanda Dobson. Um, I'm going to go Cortez on this one just because she's a favorite. Again, I don't have a whole lot of tape on uh, either of these uh, two fighters. Um, Edgar seems to be somewhat legit from what I can tell. Again, I don't, you know, I don't follow Invicta and, and, you know, Ryzen and stuff like that. But, you know, a couple of nice wins, a couple of wins over fighters that, you know, you've probably heard their names um, but again, uh, I'll, I'll stick with Tracy Cortez on this one. Alrighty here, moving on here, still on the prelims, a featherweight fight here between Giga Chikadze and Omar Morales. Uh, Chikadze ten and two, Morales ten and one. 
The Bet DSI odds have Morales as the minus 175 favorite. I'm going to disagree with that. I'm going to go with uh, Giga Chikadze on this one. Um, it's not that I don't like Omar Morales, but I'm actually a pretty big fan of Chikadze. Um, he's really flying under the radar. He's 32. Um, so, you know, he's, he's just a year or two from his prime. Uh, fantastic kickboxer. I, I really like his striking. Um, I think his ground game's probably improved a little bit. Um, you know, he's kind of skated by on a couple of these with some uh, split decision victories um, over Brandon Davis, which, yikes, Brandon Davis is not good. <laughs> he's really not. And uh, Jamal Emmers, um, you know, but he, he won in uh, May over Irwin Rivera. That was a pretty good fight. I think that uh, was on the, uh, the one of those Jacksonville cards, the three in a week they had or whatever, uh, eight days. So I, I like Giga Chikadze a lot, um, and, and Omar Omar Morales, um, I like him as well. I think this probably could be another split decision. I don't know if Chikadze has showcased enough finishing power in the UFC for me to come out here and predict, you know, that he finishes Morales. So I, I you know, I feel fairly confident it's probably going to go to a decision. But you know, Morales, he's a he's a taller guy at featherweight, five foot eleven. Um, you know, and he's he's won two fights here in the UFC. I mean, three if you want to count the contender series. Um, you know, that that win over uh, Gabriel Benitez um, was was pretty solid. So, um, you know, hard, hard fought battle would not shock me in the slightest if Morales won, but I'm going to go with the slight underdog here in Giga Chikadze. All right, moving on here, still on the prelims. Uh, we have a bantamweight fight here between Ali Alkaisi and Tony Kelly. Uh, Alkaisi's eight and four. Kelly is six and two. Uh, we'll look at the odds here. Minus one eighty-nine favorite for uh, Tony Kelly. That's actually pretty crazy, to be honest. Um, you know, like I said, Tony Kelly six and two. Um, he, he's a little bit older. Um, he's thirty-three, um, which you know, it's not a grandpa at bantamweight, but. Um, I, I mean, I mean, you you, you see age really play a factor specifically at flyweight and and in these lighter divisions but still at bantamweight like you know what I mean like there's I I, I don't know 33 is is right on the right on the edge of things going downhill um and I I don't know how good Tony Kelly um really is it it actually surprises me that he's the favorite here because he kind of got worked by Kai Kamaka the third um back at UFC 252 so he hasn't had a win in the UFC um and you look at Ali Alkaisi um, I I really like his his performance. I mean, he had his UFC debut in August, split decision loss to Irwin Rivera. Um, I think he won that fight. It, it was very close, and to be honest, I wouldn't really argue with you if you thought Irwin Rivera won that fight. But I I really thought uh, Ali Alkaisi won that fight. It was it was very very close. I think a late takedown by Irwin Rivera there in the third round. It probably was one apiece he- heading into that third round. Um, and and I think that late takedown probably clinched the victory for Rivera but um to be honest it was kind of a nothing takedown so uh, if I remember correctly I I, you know I really I really think that Alkaisi probably won that fight um you know I want to go to MMA decisions because I want to see I want to see how how the judges scored that one um or or how the the media rather um scored that one because um man I, I I really don't know I guess I it was a prelim fight, so you know it wasn't talked about, you know, for for weeks afterwards. But you know, I'm kind of curious to see how people scored it. Um, looks like 
probably about three-fifths of the media scores had it 29-28 Rivera, and then the, you know the other two-fifths had it for Ali Alkaisi. So, I mean, I guess the majority think Rivera won that fight. And again, I wouldn't argue with you, but, um, you know, I don't know. I, I feel a little confident that Alkaisi won it, but, you know, I think that's 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 a winning effort from Alkaisi. I think he gets it done here, and you know, maybe maybe even gets the finish. I don't know if I'm going to go that far, um, but uh, I think Alkaisi gets the dub here tonight. Moving on here on the prelims, Impa Kasanganai taking on Joaquin Buckley here in the middleweight division. Kasanganai eight and zero, Buckley ten and three. We look at the. Bet DSI odds here. They'll have Kasanganai as the minus 263 favorite. Um, I think that's fair. I'm going to go with Kasanganai. Um, obviously, this guy is red hot at the moment. Um, he's probably got two wins and in the last, well, let's see here, two wins in the last month. Uh, or month, excuse me, last two months. Um, you know, the, the win over Anthony Adams on the Contender Series and then the win over Maki Patolo. Um, that, that was a really good fight, uh, a slugfest, a lot of power displayed um, in that fight, but a clear-cut win for Kasanganai, in my opinion, and, um, you know, obviously, if you've listened to, listened to this podcast, you know I don't have a whole lot of glowing things to say about Maki Patolo. I don't think he's that good, but, um, again, you know, there's many, many good fighters in the UFC who, because of jitters and other factors and, and you know, the, the adjustment to competition, lose their UFC debut, so... I don't care if you win your UFC debut in the sloppiest, most, you know, unfan-friendly way. And I'm not saying that's how Kasanga and I did it. I'm just saying in general, you know, as long as you get that W. You, and, and that goes for, I mean, that goes for every single fight. I mean, winning's the only thing that matters. There's no such thing as a good loss. But, you know, especially in that UFC debut where, man, I mean, the, you really feel the pressure on you. Um you know, you just got to win how you, how you win. So, you know, even though it's not the greatest opponent to, to beat, you know, you just want to get that W. Um, no, Buckley, I thought he would get smoked by Kevin Holland, and he got knocked out pretty badly, but uh, he fought valiantly through, you know, two rounds and some change. Uh, obviously, getting finished early in the third. So, I don't know. I feel like this is going to be another... Pitolo fight for Kasanganai. I think Kasanganai wins. I think he'll win. I'm not going to say dominantly, but I think he'll win clearly. But I, I do think that uh, Joaquin Buckley will present some problems to him. I mean, you know, and Holland's a really good striker, and, and Buckley was landing some strikes as well. So, you know, Buckley's got some some pretty decent striking. Um, you know, he's he's a hell of a tough guy, and um, so you know, I, I don't think he's going to make it easy on on Impa, but. Uh, I, I will favor Impa Kasanganai. Um, I, I suppose we'll go by decision because uh, I, I really do think it plays out just like the uh, the Maki Patolo fight. All right, moving on here. Uh, we have uh, in the heavyweight division, uh, second or first of two uh, heavyweight fights here tonight: Rodrigo Nascimento versus Chris Dawkins. Nascimento eight and O, Dawkins nine and three. Uh, Bet DSI will have this as a minus 263 favorite in favor of uh, Nascimento. Um, and I can't disagree either. I think I'll, I'll go with Nascimento on this one. Um, he's, he's, he's surprising. I, I'm always fascinated by body types. Um, 
especially heavyweight body types because there's there's such a great variance. I mean, you could be six foot tall, you could be six foot seven, you could be two thirty, you could be two sixty five, and well, well over two sixty five. You know, by the time you rehydrate, you know, for some of these guys, and Nascimento, he's six foot two, two hundred and sixty five pounds, but he's kind of yoked. You know what I mean? Which is interesting. I mean, like kind of in, in the same way Cyril Gaon is like. There's plenty of heavyweights who are 6'2", 265, who who got you know a miniature Roy Nelson stomach. So I'm I'm always I'm I'm fascinated by Nascimento and and his physique. I mean, just a lot of muscle, a lot of muscle, and not not fat. I mean, if, if I just threw out 6'2", 265, you know what I mean. Obviously, everybody at, at heavyweight has muscles, but you know you'd you'd think ah, a little little chubby. But um, you know, this is a guy who who's really on the right track here. Um, you know, won in the contender series over uh, the Czech fighter Mikhail Martinek, um, and then uh, in his UFC debut, uh, choked out Dante Mays. So, again, I, I would count that as two and zero in the UFC. I mean, I, I count the contender series as the UFC, but technically one and zero. So he, you know, he's he's off to a hot start. It's not a super impressive start because of the names on that list, but you know, those are those are two solid wins and. Uh, you know, Chris Dawkins will be tough. I believe this is uh, uh, the older brother of uh, Kyle Dawkins, the middleweight. So I'd have to imagine his BJJ and his ground skills are, are pretty fucking good. Um, he's going to be severely outweighed here. Um, so he's an inch taller, but he's about 40 pounds lighter. Uh, and he's going to lose four inches on the reach, which is really the only thing that matters. I mean, obviously the weight does, but the height is kind of irrelevant. Height really doesn't matter. Reach is what matters. Um, so I, I mean, I, you know, I, I, I don't know. Uh, he he beat Parker Porter um, back in August at 252. Um, Parker Porter, uh, that is not that is not the body of an athlete. Um, it was a pre- it was a pretty vicious finish. Punches and knees. Um, that was. I think he started to finish him with punches, and as he fell down, I think he came up with a knee. Uh, that was a very, very vicious knockout when you looked at it in, in slow motion. So, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting, but I'm still going to go with Nascimento uh, to get this one done. And um, you know, I, I suppose we'll go by decision on this one. Although, certainly, when you're in the heavyweight division, I mean, uh, a knockout finish is is a potential at any point um, in the fight. Uh, moving on here, I believe we're at the prelim headliner here. Yes, we are. Uh, it's a middleweight fight here between uh, Tom Brees and KB Bilar. Uh, Brees is 11-2, Bilar 8-0. We look at the bet DSI odds here. Uh, they will have Tom Brees as the minus 238 favorite. Um, you know, I kind of appreciate that about best bet DSI, that they go down to the exact number. You know, they don't... They don't mess around with, you know, oh, it's minus 400, minus 450, minus 500. No, they're, ve- they're very particular with their odds, which, you know, I, I can appreciate. Um, Tom Breeze, this was one of the hottest prospects probably back in, like, 2016, 2017. Um, but I believe they said on the broadcast he had some mental health issues. He's taken some time off. Um, you know he has he has come back, so he's he's a little bit more active here. He's fought twice in um, in in 2020, or no, excuse me, once in 2020, and then once uh, I think late in 2019. 
Oh, no, excuse me. Those are grappling bouts. Okay. Tap- Tapology is a great website, but sometimes it's just a little bit confusing with their setup. But, okay, so he came back versus Brendan Allen, um, and, and he got, you know, knocked out with ground and pound um, late in the first round. That's a really, really tough fight to come back on. Uh, I, I'm, I'm all in, funnily enough, on Brendan Allen. I had him ranked before many other, um, you know, websites had him ranked. Uh, I do think Brendan Allen is is probably a future champ. I mean, his his skill set is so well rounded; it's it's ridiculous. Um, so that's that's a real tough fight to come back from. I mean, you know, he last fought in in May of 2018. I mean, <laughs> that's that's a tall task. That's that's a rather tall task to be honest with you. But um, you know, obviously he's he, he's very talented. He's a pretty tall guy too. At 185, um, six foot three. Although he has T-Rex arms, only a 74 inch reach. Um, you know, for six foot three, that is uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Now, KB Bilar, um, he's also the same age, but he's six foot four, 78 inch reach. So, uh, you know, six foot four at middleweight is is pretty freaking tall. Um, now, this is a guy who's making his UFC debut. Um, he's come from organizations that uh, I have never heard of um, and fought guys I've, I've never heard of. He's got a lot of chokes on his record. Um, to be honest, I mean, I know nothing about KB Bellara. Uh, you know, they just kind of pulled him pulled him from wherever Unified MMA is. I don't know. I don't know where that is. I don't know where the AFC is. But, um, yeah, you know, maybe this is a good fighter. I don't know. But I'm going to stick with the odds and I'm going to stick with what I know. And I know that Tom Breeze is a UFC fighter. Um, you know, so I'm going to pick him to get the, uh, the the dub here tonight. All right, moving on here to the main card. Uh, in the featherweight division, we have Yusuf Zalal taking on Ila Tapuria. Uh, Zalal is 10-2. and uh, Tapuria is, uh, Jesus Christ, that's a, what is that, Georgia? That's a tough Georgian name. Ilya, we'll go with Ilya because I'm pretty confident that's how his first name is. Um, so Zalal versus Ilya, uh, and uh, yes, yeah, uh, Yusuf Zalal is the mailman's lock of the week. It's time now for the mailman's lock of the week. So you heard it here first, folks. Yusuf Zalal is the mailman's lock of the week. He's only a minus 172 favorite, according to, uh, to Bet DSI. Uh, that is ridiculous. So maybe maybe Ilya is a really good fighter, and they know something we don't know. But uh, Yusuf Zalal, the Moroccan Devil, he's he's only 24, and he's 3 and 0 in 2020 in the UFC, 4 and 0 in the UFC overall. So I think that's actually really crazy that the odds are that close. I mean, again, Zalal's not facing ranked fighters, you know, Lingo, Griffin, and Peter Barrett, you know, that's not exactly murderer's row here, but, you know, those are three UFC fighters, and, you know, I wouldn't say he ran through those guys, but, you know, clear-cut, unanimous decision victories for Zalal, so, um, I mean, that's that's one of the things I look for. I've said this before, and, and, you know, I use Covington and Usman as examples. I look for fighters especially fighters starting out where I'm trying to notice patterns and I'm trying to, you know, see where their ceiling is. I I want to bet on fighters that consistently win unanimous decisions. 
any you know a lot of fighters can win first round knockouts and again I, I always use the example of you know a series of moments you might be so good in a series in, in, a, in an individual moment to knock somebody out and that's very impressive but you only won one moment now that's the ideal night at the office uh, you know because you, you take no damage and you get a knockout quick knockout and, and you know quick paycheck but it's more replicable to get unanimous decision victories that's more transferable you know when you try to project what what they're going to do in the future so winning a series of moments uh consistently that's impressive and that's what zalal has done so i'm going to go with zalal again you know i wish i could say more about uh ilia topuria but uh i you know I, I just don't know a whole lot about him uh you know he's he was born in germany he's fighting out of spain mr international over here um, he's 23, so um, you know maybe this guy, maybe this guy is really, really good in, in the future. Um, but I mean, I don't know the the, the high level UFC experience. Um, well, not high level in the UFC, but you know what I mean. The, the UFC experience is really going to play a factor here for Zalal, and uh, you know I just I have a hard time betting against Zalal. I mean, it just you know three unanimous decision victories in a row. I mean, that's that's pretty impressive. All right, moving on here. Still on the main card. Uh, in the heavyweight division, we have Tom Aspinall taking on Alan Badeau. Uh, Aspinall is 8-2, Badeau 8-1. Uh, we look at the Odd Sharks odds. No, excuse me, bet DSI. Um, they have Tom Aspinall as the minus 667 favorite. That is fucking bonkers. That is really high. <laughs> that's that's really high. Um, I, I think Aspinall's going to win. Uh, you know, I, I, I really like, um, you know, what he did in, in his in his debut. And uh, But, you know, I would not put money on Tom Aspinall. I'd never put money on any fighter, you know, damn near minus 700. I would never put any type of money on that. That's just ridiculous. That's how you lose money um, betting. But, yeah, uh, 27, so... You know, that's that's actually pretty young for getting to the UFC in the heavyweight division. He's six foot five, two fifty two. Um, you know, so he's he's not a fat boy. You know what I mean? So I, I think he'll probably go somewhere. Um, yeah, and and you know, Jake Collier. I mean, that's a blown up middleweight. That's that's a middleweight who doesn't like to eat salad. Um, you know, but he he worked him pretty good. He worked him pretty good. And I think I think he'll work Badeau, uh pretty good here as well. I I think he'll 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 give him a a good beating here. Um, and, and probably pretty quickly in the first round as well. Obviously, I have a first-round TKO for the main card showdown, as does the fireman. Um, don't know anything about Alan Badeau other than he is a uh, Frenchman, so that's uh, that's interesting. But, yeah, I don't I don't know. I've never heard of any organization he's ever fought in, so, uh, yeah, we will definitely go with uh, Tom Aspinall on this one. All right, moving on here. Still on the main card, uh, Marcus Perez taking on Drykus Duplessis. Perez is twelve and three. Duplessis is fourteen and two. Uh, we'll look at the odds here. Uh, Perez is uh, actually no. Duplessis is the minus one seventy two favorite. That is that's interesting. Um, I think those odds have even shifted since I've looked at them. I could have swore Marcus Perez was was the favorite here, but yeah, that's. That's uh, that's interesting. So Marcus Perez, you know, this is a guy who's been flip flopping wins here in the UFC. Um, you know, a pretty nice win back in in uh, the LFA over Ian Heinish. That's actually, uh, you know, aged very well. 
you know, but a loss to Andrew Sanchez, a win over uh, Anthony Hernandez, and then, uh, you know, most recently a loss to Wellington Terman, you know, looking to get back on, on the winning track here, but trying to do it against uh, Duplessis, uh, the South African who's making his uh, UFC debut here tonight, um, 26 years old. Um, you know, he, he's a K1 kickboxer, so he's, he's, he's pretty darn good. I actually might change my pick uh, from... Uh, uh, Perez to Duplessis here, uh, late notice. Uh, yeah, Duplessis, I mean, this guy finishes fights, and he finishes them early. Um, in, in 2018, he had a loss to Roberto Soldish, who um, I think I think he still fights in KSW. I think he's still the champ over there. Um, he's a really good he's a really good fighter, um, and I think it'll it'll just be you know a handful of months before Roberto Soldish is in the UFC. Um, Duplessis has a win over him, um, and and. Uh, you know, he man, he just fucking finishes fights. Um, so you know what? Actually, I'm changing my mind. I'm going with Duplessis on this one, and I'm gonna go by TKO. I'm not gonna say which round because I still gotta, you know, let that ferment and and, and really you know think about which round I, I want to pick. But um, you know, I'm gonna go with Drakus Duplessis on this one. I think he gets the uh, the finish over Marcus Perez. Now that I've kind of uh, talked myself into this. All right, moving on. On this six-fight main card here, uh, the featured bout, it's a heavyweight fight here between Big Ben Rothwell, the king of Kenosha, and Marcin Tabura. Uh, Rothwell 38-12, and 12, Tabura 19-6. and 6. We look at the odds here from BetDSI. Uh, they'll have Ben Rothwell, the minus-141 favorite. Um, and I agree. I agree. I think Ben Rothwell wins. I think he's always a tough out. He's always a tough out. He's a very, very good fighter. He's getting up there in age. He is 38 years old. Um, you know what I mean? But I, I think he's fought actually pretty well in his last uh, few fights. He's been very active here over the last couple of years. Two fights in 2019, two fights in, uh, uh, actually, excuse me, three fights in 2019, one fight already here. Um, wow, Jesus Christ, it's October. I forgot about that already here in 2020. Excuse me. Um, so yeah, one fight in 2020, but um, I think I think he probably beat Blagoy Ivanov. I think he definitely beat Andrei Arlovsky, um, knocked out Stefan Struve, and and won a split decision over Ovin St. Preux. So to be honest with you, I think he should be on a four-fight winning streak. I, I really think he should, and, and then you know he'd be ranked. So you know he's not winning in the prettiest of fashions. Nobody would argue that. You know he's not winning by super clean knockouts, and even the Struve fight. You know, he kicked him in the nuts several times, but um, he's getting dubs, man. He's fucking getting dubs. So uh, I think he gets the win. I mean, he's he's so smart. His fight his fight IQ is is really high. Um, he's just a, a giant walking refrigerator. You know what I mean? He's 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 just a you know a white polar bear. Well, I guess polar bears are white. So he's just a polar bear. You know what I mean? He's just a Wisconsin polar bear. Um, you know what I mean? He's, he's got he's got uh, you know pretty solid power, good technique, and you know like I said, just r- a really high fight IQ. I mean that's that tends to happen when you're entering your 51st uh, professional fight. Um, again, I think it'll be a sloppy win just because I don't think Ben Rothwell, at this advanced age, is is gonna get you know super clean, clear cut wins. And Subura is a veteran as well. You know he's 34 and. Um, you know, 25 professional fights. I mean, half of what uh, Rothwell has. But, you know, this guy's main evented in the UFC before. Um, he's, he's on a two-fight winning streak. I mean, the win over Sergei Spivak in, uh, in February, that's, that's a pretty good, uh, good victory. Win over Maxim Grishin. And, uh, you know, he's kind of 
slowly turning around the boat here. You know, at one point, he lost four of his last five, uh, knocked out in three of those, Derek Lewis, Shamil Abdurakimov, and Augusto Sakai. Um, so this is a real step up in competition uh, for Marcin Tabora, back to where he was around 2016, 2015. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but again, I think it'll be too much. I, I, I'm going to go Ben Rothwell by decision on this one. All right, moving on here to the co-main event of the evening. It's a featherweight bout here between Edson Jr. Barboza and Makwan Amirkani. Barboza 20 and 9. Amirkani 16 and 4. Barboza is also North Star Sports' 12th ranked featherweight. We'll look at the odds here. They have Barboza as the moderate minus, minus 263 favorite. Um... Yeah, so I had Barboza by round three TKO. Um, I think I think he'll have to take his time here with Aquan Makwan Amirkani. That's a handful, um, I th- but I, I think he'll have to take his time here because he is a solid fighter. Um, but I think we've kind of seen the ceiling for Amirkani. You know what I mean? He, he's been in the UFC for you know quite some time. I think you know he he's still relatively young, Mister Finland. He's he, he's only thirty one, but he, he's been here for a while, man. And I you know. If he was going to make a run, I, I just feel like we would have seen it by now. Um, you know, and, and he just kind of gets to this certain level. He'll win two or three or maybe even four, but he'll lose that that fourth or fifth fight and then just kind of have to reset. And you know what I mean? I, I just, I don't, I don't see it, you know. And he came into the UFC, his UFC debut in 2015, an eight-second knockout over Andy Ogle. You know, and then he racks up two wins, loses to Arnold Allen. Racks up two two wins, a couple of nice wins over Jason Knight and uh, Chris Fishgold, and then you know gets knocked out by Shane Burgos. So, you know, I, I I don't know, man. Maybe I'm wrong, and maybe this is the the push that we're gonna see from uh, Amir Khani to to you know get ranked and get to the top. But uh, you know, I don't know, man. It's a tall task trying to get over Barboza. I mean. I don't know. This is a new Barboza here at 145. I know he, you know, this is his second fight at 145, but, you know, he's always going to have power. He's always dangerous. He's always going to have spinning shit. And, you know, I, I just think offensively he's he's the far better fighter uh, than Makwan Amir Khani. Holy shit, that's a tough... Mr. Finland. Mr. Finland. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe if it goes to the ground, I mean, I'd have to figure Barboza's, you know, BJJ is is, you know requisite of a UFC fighter given he's from Brazil but you know some of the fights he's lost you know notably uh you know he's kind of gotten worked on the ground and um you know he needs a win he needs a win because he's lost five of his last six his last two are split decision losses so you feel bad for him a little bit although I think he I think he definitely lost to Paul Felder and definitely lost to Dan Ige so I don't feel too bad because, you know, although it technically says split decision loss, I don't know, man. In, in North Star's book, you know, th- those are just unanimous decision losses. He deserved to lose those two fights, and um, you know what I mean? I don't know. I, th- I think he will get back to his winning ways here. I don't know how far he'll be able to go um, at 145 because, you know, 155 is is deeper and, and, and more stacked, but, you know, 145 is, is trailing right behind. You know, they have a lot of very good, very young fighters in that division, especially 10 to 15. You know, you got guys like Sadiq Youssef, who he was supposed to fight here um, tonight, and Dan Ige and Arnold Allen and Bryce Mitchell. And I mean, Jesus, these are all guys who like that 
those four fighters from 10 to 15 could be four fighters in the top five in like a year and a half. I mean, you know, there's an embarrassment of talent at 145. But, um, you know, that's kind of neither here nor there because we're just talking about this uh, individual fight. And, you know, for this one, I, I think Barboza gets it done. All right, now we've reached the main event of the evening. It's a bantamweight fight here between number two ranked Marlon Marais, comes into the record of 23-6-1, versus the number four ranked bantamweight Corey Sandhagen, comes into the record of 12-2. We look at the BetDSI odds here. They have Sandhagen, actually, as the minus 145 favorite. That is interesting. And, uh, you know, they show other sports books here as well. Five Dimes, Bookmakers, Sport Bet, Bet365, Bovada. All of these have Sandhagen as the favorite. That is crazy. That's ridiculous. Um, like I said earlier in the show, I have Marlon Marais with a round four TKO. I don't think he gets a quick finish um, because I think, you know, Marlon Marais, he's a knockout artist. I, I don't necessarily necessarily see him just blitzing Sandhagen and finishing him in the first round. I think I think we'll see a patient game plan here from Marais. Listen, Marais has been here before. He's fought for a title. He's fought in many main events. He has a lot more experience than Sandhagen, and I'm very high on Sandhagen. I like Sandhagen. I like his game. Seems like a very cool dude. Um, but Marais has been here before, so I, I think he takes a patient approach here, takes his time, and, and you know, I, I think he'll heat up, you know, in, in the well, quote-unquote championship rounds, the main event rounds, um, and, and get it done in the fourth. You know, that that's actually really crazy. I mean, I don't think Marlon Marais is washed. I, I think he's still right up there. I think with a win here, he probably fights for the for the title. You know, once Sterling and um, P- uh, Piotr Jan fight, but he's only he's only 32. He's a fucking massive, massive bantamweight. He probably should be a featherweight. Um, I mean, I know he sounds like Michael Jackson and and uh, and looks like Mr. Clean, but he's a very good fighter. And uh, I mean, man, just look look at his UFC resume. So, and also before we look at his UFC resume, he was a longtime World Series of Fighting champion. So he he was you know, I mean, I guess that's the, a B league, maybe a C league organization, but you know, he he was really putting it together and comes to the UFC. I mean. You know, he's he's knocked out Aljamain Sterling. That was a crazy, crazy knockout with that with that knee. Uh, he's knocked out Jimmy Rivera, knocked out Rafael Asuncao. People don't knock out Rafael Asuncao. I mean, I guess now they do because uh, Marais did it and Garbrandt did it. But, like, for the longest time, like, Asuncao was such a tough son of a bitch to fight. I mean, just defensively. Guys, guys don't finish him. You know, he's beaten, like, a TJ Dillashaw. He's beaten a lot of these guys. And, you know, Marais just kind of fucking ran through him. You know what I mean? And um, I I don't know, man. I, I, I just, I don't think Marais is washed. You know what I mean? I, I think it's actually really crazy. And especially it's crazy to favor Sandhagen considering he got choked out in like a minute and a half by Aljamain Sterling. Now, there's no, there's absolutely no shame in losing to Aljamain Sterling. But, you know, he... he did not have a good last performance, so that's actually kind of crazy. Um, you know what I mean? And and uh, you know, MMA math is kind of bullshit. You know what I mean? But it's something to look at. And you know, Sandhagen got choked out in 90 seconds by uh, Aljamain Sterling, and you know, Aljamain Sterling got knocked the fuck out by Marlon Marais. So 
Um, you know what I mean? That's an interesting thing of note. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't know. You look at the you look at the championship experience in the in the World Series of Fighting and and the main event experience for Marais in the UFC, and then you look at Sandhagen, and there's a lot to love about Sandhagen. But he's only been in the UFC since uh, you know January of 2018. He he beat Austin Ar- Arnett. Okay, I mean that's UFC debut. Awesome. Showed a lot of toughness, a lot of heart in that win over a Yuri Alcantara. Um, you know where he almost got his arm broken. You know he was so deep in that arm bar and came back. You know that's awesome. Uh, I think a short notice fight with Mario Bautista. You win early on in that one by via uh, an arm bar. You know, but and those are tremendous wins. Those are great wins. But you know. Arnett, Alcantara, and Batista. Those are not in household names. Those are not ranked guys. So then you have a split decision win over Lineker. Okay. I, you know, Lineker is a tough guy as well. And then a, a decision victory over Rafael Asuncao. But like, so you look at like, all right, who have you fought that, that has been ranked? Lineker and Asuncao. And, and those were fine wins. Those were, those were fine, but it's it, they're just two. They're just two. And then you get choked out by Sterling. So... It might be a little bit too much too soon for Corey Sandhagen. Um, I, th- I think he's tough, man. I think I think he'll, he'll uh, you know, hang in there. And again, it 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 wouldn't shock me greatly if Sandhagen won, but it but it would shock me a little. It would shock me a little. Marais is a very very tough fighter. Let's not forget about Marais. You know, just because he had those two losses um, right right at the top doesn't mean you know that 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 he's he's not still right up there and I and I know I you know personally I think uh, Aldo beat him just like a lot of people thought thought that I thought uh, Aldo beat Marais 29-28 but he's still there doing it with the the, the top dogs and you know round four TKO is going to be my prediction for I suppose the slight underdog Magic Marlon Marais so with that we'll wrap up the show here again uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Owen Ely MN, uh, the mailman at Owen the mailman. Follow North Star Sports on Twitter at North Star M I N. You got to check out our main card showdown, which is going to take place uh, in just a matter of hours. Uh, check out our website at NorthStarSports.media. Uh, we have updated rankings the night of the fights. Uh, although we've been, we've been slacking a little bit. Sometimes it's been Sunday, but point being, within a handful of hours, we have updated rankings. Uh, you know, now we have the flyweights and uh, women's featherweights, so be sure to check that out. And, uh, you know, thanks for tuning in, everybody.